right? Pastor. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 15 tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 15. Always consider an honor and a privilege to preach here. Uh, it's always been a joy uh, coming here and preaching here. I'm very thankful for this church and just for the opportunities the Lord has opened up to preach. And I'm thankful for uh, you guys just pouring in uh, to young people. And all I can say really is just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep pouring in uh, to young people. Uh, who are called to preach, maybe not called to preach, but they can still serve God and just keep pouring in because it's worth it. And I thank, um, I thank God for this church and how he's used it in my life and how he's uh, just going to use you guys in a mighty way. I de- debated uh, before coming on things I could say about Crown, why it's better than most schools, but I think I'd be getting in the flesh if I decided to do that and uh, might hinder the work of the Spirit, so we won't tonight. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, we're going to read a couple of verses and uh, mostly, uh, when I preach, I like staying in one spot, but we're just going to hop uh, to a couple places tonight. And so I ask that you be patient with me in that. Uh, so beginning in verse 7, Jesus is speaking uh, to the scribes and Pharisees. These are religious people back in those days. So no doubt these were your holier-than-thou holier type of people. Uh, they knew their Bible, uh, and they knew a lot of Scripture. Outwardly, they appeared like they had it together and they were living for God. Uh, but truly, we saw, see something else as Jesus speaks here in Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 7. Uh, the Lord said, Ye hypocrites, well did his eyes prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Then if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 23 very quickly. Matthew chapter 23 in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 23. Just read a few verses here, then pray, and get into the message tonight. Uh, the Bible says in verse 25, the Lord says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of exhortation and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are there within full of dead men's bones." And of all uncleanness, even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. But within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, excuse me, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are like the children of, di- of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up in the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Tonight, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to speak on when the heart shows something else. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And God, I just ask for a couple simple things. God, I ask if there's anybody in here who doesn't know you, that tonight they just come to you in simple childlike faith and repentance. And that they get right with you, God. I second ask just God that if there's one in here tonight who strayed, who God once had a passion for you, who once had a desire to live for you, but oh God, they've been like so many of us. They stray and they fall into sin and get involved in things they know they shouldn't be in. I just pray, God, you bring heavy conviction. God, unescapable. And that Holy Spirit, you work in a way that only you can so that we can give you all the honor and glory. God, allow me just to be a vessel. May you be seen and glorified tonight in you alone. And God will give you the honor and glory for it. And ask God that we truly could walk away from here tonight and truly say that we met with you. We pray these things according to your will and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We see in this passage that Jesus, as we saw a moment ago, he speaks to the scribes and Pharisees. And like we saw, these guys were religious guys. No doubt they dressed nicely. No doubt their speech and the way they prayed was nicely and orderly prayed. And no doubt when they were around other people, they may appear to be some Christians you may run into. I heard somebody once say, holier than thou. Outwardly, they appear like they have it all together. Outwardly, they appear like they're living for God. Outwardly, they appear like they have a heart for God. But truly, they weren't. And we see firstly the display. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said in verse 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. These Pharisees were good at a couple of things. They could put on the display. They knew how to show, they knew how to show up to the synagogue. They knew how to dress nicely and appear like they had it all together, no doubt. No doubt the way they prayed was nicely and neatly ordered. No doubt to others, they seemed like very godly men. But the truth is, they weren't. Their heart was far from God. Yes, their speech glorified God. And yes, they showed up dressed up. But truly, they were far from the Lord. We see this display. And frankly, we see it a lot in our churches today. We walk through those two front doors. Maybe we're not always dressed formally. Maybe we don't always have a double-prested suit and shiny shoes and a dress or whatever it may be. We may not always show up with our Bible even. But outwardly, we appear like we got it together. Outwardly, we appear like we're some decent Christian who wants to live for the Lord but truly, we're far from them. And the truth is, many of us come to church day after day. People will ask how we're doing. We'll say, oh, bless God, we're doing wonderful. Kids are in school. They're living the lives they should. Every, Johnny's behaving the way he should. He's living the best life he can. You know, and maybe if you're married tonight, your marriage is thriving in the eyes of others. Your relationship with your children is going the way it should be. Your, your relationship with your siblings, with your parents, with your friend, outwardly, they appear great. You know how to show up. You know the code. You know how to appear and you know how to talk. You know the talk. And no doubt these Pharisees knew how to talk the talk. But no doubt they're like many of us. They could talk the talk, but they were not walking the walk. They could honor God outwardly. They knew how to dress. And like all of us, we know how to dress. We know how to come up to church and perform. And so many of us, once we leave these four doors, we live a whole other life. It's like the flip of a switch. As soon as we get out of this building tonight, maybe you had plans to go and partake in something you know that wouldn't glorify God. You knew, hey, I'm going to run to this for peace. I'm going to run to this for comfort. Instead of Almighty God who came to save me and gave me a joy and peace that cannot compare to the things of this world. And tonight, friend, I want you to know that God has a better life for you. And friend, I don't know where you're at tonight. And you may have this whole thing down. You may came up dressed up and putting on a show tonight. And you may have brought your good old-fashioned Bible. And it may not have dust on it when it's in this building. But you know, once you walk out of these four doors, you're going to live the way you want to live. You're going to do what you want to do. You're going to talk the way you want to talk. You're going to watch what you want to watch. And as long as you appear righteous in front of people in this building tonight, that's A-OK. But once I get out of this building, I'm going to talk however I want to talk. I'm going to live however I want to live. I'm going to watch whatever I want to watch. As long as pastor's not watching. As long as mom and dad's not watching. As long as my siblings don't see, my friends don't see. And we just come up and we show up just like these Pharisees. No doubt they appeared to their uh, fellow Pharisees like very godly men. But their hearts were far from God. And we have so many people in our churches today who appear righteous. Who appear like they have together. And God has such a better life for us. If we'll just come to him and live for him. It's time to stop playing Christian and live the Christian life. 
It's time to stop being a fake and start living for the one who saved us from eternal damnation. And friend, I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm not claiming to have it all together because I don't. And I've seen it so much in school, just being at a Bible college for one semester and growing up in church my whole life and being raised in a Christian home. And I've seen it in my life. There's so much phoniness. We love to honor God with our mouth. We love to raise our hand during worship. We love to shout amen. And we love to act like our life is just always bringing honor and glory to God. But once we leave this place, we live however we want to live. We don't give, as my grandma would say, a hoot. We don't give, we don't care about how we live, and we just do whatever we want to do. And friend, I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a better life. And you may think you're hiding it from others. You may be just here tonight, and you may be drowning me out. And friend, I want you to know that God has a better life for you. And he sees what people don't see. He sees the sin you're hiding tonight. He sees the sin that you've struggled to let go of for so long. He sees the thing that you're planning on running back to time and time again for a peace and a joy and a happiness that only He can give. And friend, I want you to know tonight that if you're looking for true joy and true peace, it's only found in Jesus Christ. And I know you, it's hard because it gets hard. We, we try to perform in living this way of life of just showing up to church and then living ungodly the rest of the week is a difficult life to live. God sees what people don't see. He sees the heart. The Bible tells us in Psalm 44, verse 21, Shall not God search this out, for he knoweth the secrets of the heart. And friend, I don't care how old or young you are. God is not done with you. You know, I guess so. I don't want to say sick of it, but I hear so many people. people I'll talk to people, whether it be friends or people in church. I'll say, when I was young, I had a fire for God. When I, when I was young, I used to be fired up for God. Oh, yeah, I went to youth group. I, I went soul winning, and, and oh, there was a time in my life where I really wanted to live for God, and now you see them. They show up to church, yes, but their heart's hard. Sin has a foothold in their life, and friend, I'm not standing up here claiming to be perfect, but I know to live a true, blessed, joy-filled life, you cannot have one foot in the things of this world and one foot in the things of God. You can't have one foot in your addictions. You can't have one foot in pornography. You can't have one foot in alcohol. You can't have one foot in, in, in smoking, chewing, or going people, going with people that do the same. You can't have one foot in those things and one foot in the things of God and expect to live a joy-filled life, a peace-filled life. You can't, have, you can't play both sides. You can't have two masters. You can't live in the things of this world six days a week and show up to church Sunday morning and expect to live a joy-filled life. You can't chase all these things outside of this room tonight and then come back Sunday morning and expect to be filled with joy and ready to hear from God. Don't put a limit on God. There's so many people today who are in their, maybe their 30s, and I'm not saying that's old, I'm 18, so anything past 25 seems ancient to me, I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't care how old you are, you might be in your teens, you might be about to turn 18, almost an adult. You might be 19, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90, and bless God. If God's really blessed you, you're 100. I don't care how old you are tonight. Don't set an age limit on a limitless God. Don't set a limit on a God who is known in the Scripture and is known throughout history for changing lives. Don't set a limit on a God who is perfect, who is holy, and is just. Don't set a limit on a God who can give Abraham and Sarah a son around the age of 100. Don't set an age limit on a God who can take a man like Joseph who was sold into slavery in his brother, by his brothers and bring that same man and put him second in command in the land of Egypt. Don't put a limit on a God who can take a man like Moses and use that same man around the age of 80 to lead the children of Israel, of Israel excuse me, out of Egypt. Don't set a limit on a God who can take a shepherd boy from the fields in Bethlehem to a palace in Jerusalem. Don't set a limit on a God who can take a man like Peter who was a fisherman. Don't set an age limit on a God who can take a man like Peter who had denied him and who had done something that, that he said he would even go to death for Jesus. 
And he had denied him. And God took that same man and on the day of Pentecost raised him up and 3,000 people got saved. Don't put an age limit. Don't put a limit on a God who's from everlasting and everlasting who has a reputation of taking people, whether they're young or whether they're in the middle age or whether they're old, and changing their life. Friend, God can change your life tonight, but you have to make that choice. I remember I was talking to somebody uh, this week, and he told me, he said, Matthew, don't get into the motion part. Let the Spirit work. And friend, I'm going to be honest, I can't set a display for you tonight. I can't preach like Billy Sunday and Billy Graham combined and rely on that for you to come and lay your sin down on the Savior's feet. You know, there's a God in heaven who's patient. And I believe if you're here tonight, he's given you an opportunity. If sin has a foothold in your life and you're holding on to it with all your might and you just won't let go because you think your past is too hard, you think what you've done is too much, and you're just holding on and you won't let go. Friend, I'm reminded that, yes, a preacher can't bring someone to the altar, and that's the Spirit of God who brings conviction. And friend, I pray tonight you don't put it off. Christianity is so much more than a dress code, so much more than a suit and tie. It's so much more than just having a piano in the sanctuary, and that's all for instruments. It's so much more than coming up to church and acting like you got it all together. Christianity, friend, is not just some display. God, Christianity is more than that. And friend, I want you to know I may not know where you're at tonight. I may not see the sin that is weighing you down tonight, but friend, I'm praying and I'm begging you, please, Come to Christ tonight and lay it down. Listen, friend, a joyful life. Stop, stop hiding behind your sin, behind, sending this display and living however you want throughout the week. A joyful life cannot be found in the things of this world. And friend, you may feel like a lost cause tonight. You may be sitting there with sin and shame and a past that you're not proud of. And friend, I don't care if you're the youngest or oldest person in here tonight. This is truth for all of us and for me and everybody and watching on live stream. God can still change your life. He's not done with you. And friend, I look at my life so many times and I think, man, God shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be allowed to even preach in this pulpit at this time. I look at my life and things I've done. But friend, God is merciful and he's willing to forgive you. Stop playing both sides of the aisle. Stop putting on a facade. Stop dressing up. Stop being a part of this costume Christianity where you come one day a week and try to act like you're on cloud nine for Jesus. Live for him today. Give yourself to him today. Friend, I don't know the sin that weighs you down tonight, but I know there's a God in heaven who's all-knowing, who sees what I don't see, who sees what you don't see, who knows where this sin is going to lead you. And friend, I know it's hard. I know once you get involved, sometimes you keep on running back to it because you think the things of this world is going to give you more peace and joy than a peace and joy that only God can give. And friend, I'm simply asking you tonight to come to him and lay it down. Lay your fakeness down. Lay your facade down. And give yourself back to Christ. Friend, he wants you. He's patient. And I see people, and I see it at school so much. People that come to the classroom. People that come to chapel. People that come to church. They're at Crown. We're only in three, in three chapel services a week. I hear West Coast has, I think, one for, is it five days a week? They're, they're already more spiritual than us, I can tell. <laughs> but in general, mostly, if you're at Crown, you're here, here about seven messages a week. Constantly getting poured into that's kind of how it is here, right? Most of us at least come one to two times a week. We're around Christians. We're around, uh, most of us, praise the Lord, we're in Christian homes. And we're saved and we're on our way to heaven. But we still choose. And I still see it at school. And I see it in people I'm around. I see it in myself a lot of times. Yes, we'll display like we got it all together. We'll display like we're living the life we should. But sin has a foothold. And friend, I don't care where you're sitting. If you're sitting in the back, middle, or front. 
God wants your life. And friend, you may be holding on to it tonight. You may be holding on to the sin that's brought you so low and so depressed and so far away from God. But God wants you back tonight. Come lay your life down to him. Firstly, we see the display. Then secondly, uh, drop the display. And know all three points. Sadly, do not start with the same letter tonight. 1 John 1, 9, we see the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's time to lay it down. It's time to stop playing games with Almighty God and get serious about the life he's called us to live, no matter how young or old we are. It's time to give ourselves back over to him. No matter what you're dealing with tonight, no matter what you're holding on to, stop fighting God. Stop pushing away from him. Stop pushing towards the things of this world and just give yourself back to him. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25, Luke chapter 9, he said, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Friend, God is ready. He stands ready to forgive you. He stands ready to give you a life that's worth living. And friend, I, you may not be taking this life seriously. You may be living however you want to live. You may be holding on to the things of this past and not caring about what God's done in your life. And you may just be holding on to it all. Saying, I'll live my life how I want to live. I'll do what I want to do. And by, friend, the Bible's very clear that the result of sin is destruction. When we continuously, when we sow to the flesh, when we chase the things of this world, the result is not something most of us would hope for. And friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, as I've said time and time again, with the Lord's help, God is ready to forgive you. He's ready to bring you back into that right uh, relationship with Him. No, you haven't lost your salvation, but you've been holding on to the sin that keeps pulling you farther and farther away from God. And I'm thankful the Bible is very clear that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's still with you, Christian. He's waiting for you to come back. And friend, I'm here to tell you that God is ready to forgive you. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, if you'd like to turn there tonight, Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27. The Bible says in the 27th verse, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Where there's a day appointed for all of us when we'll go home. Now some of us may live to see the rapture, but some of us will go on home to be with our Lord before that comes. And none of us know when that might be. Maybe tonight, it may be tomorrow, it may be a week or a year from now, or the Lord only knows. And friend, this life does not last forever. And so many times we fool ourselves thinking, I'll get right eventually. I'll get right about living for God eventually. But we, can't, we continuously pursue the things of this world. And friend, we only have one life. We can use it for the things of this world. We can hold on to it with all our might. But friend, I want you to know that God is willing to forgive you. And if God can take all those people throughout the Bible and use them in a mighty way and change their life, I want you to know he can do the same for you. Yes, you may have a display on tonight, but I ask you, friend, and this may seem old-fashioned, but it's about time some of us pull them old altar shoes out of the closet and put them back on and come get on our face before Almighty God and give our lives back to Him. And friend, I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what you're refusing to let go of, but I know there's been times in my life where I've been sitting in church meetings and I think, I'll lay it down eventually. I just want a little bit more of it. And friend, sin always takes more than you know. And friend, I want you to know that it's time to come home. It's time to come back to your heavenly father. It's time to surrender yourself back to him and give your life wholly over to him again. Thirdly, I want you to notice, and lastly, the need of a savior. And friend, I may not know your heart tonight, 
You may not know if you die today, you'd go to heaven. There's once a man by the name of Louis Samparini. Maybe you've heard his story in the movie Unbroken. Louis was an Olympic athlete in 1936. He ran so well that even Adolf Hitler wanted to meet this guy. 1940, due to the games being canceled, the Olympic Games, he enlisted in the army to go fight for his country during the Second World War. And Lewis, he was in a plane one day over the ocean, him and 11 other men, and the engines gave out to that plane, and they went down, and only three survived. And they were out on that raft for about 40 days. One of them had died, and the two other ones, Lewis and his friend, were captured by the Japanese. And for the next around two and a half years or two years or so, he was tortured, he was hurt, he was treated miserably, treated like a dog, treated terribly. And after the war, Lewis came home, he got married, he had a kid, they had a, a young daughter back in the early, around the 40s. And Lewis's wife got saved. And Lewis began to turn uh, to the things of this world. He turned to alcohol to drown the pain of what he had gone through. And he'd gone through so much, he was tortured uh, brutally. And he turned to this alcohol to sever the pain of his past, constantly having nightmare night after night of the things that he endured as a prisoner of war. And one night, he went to a meeting in Los Angeles where the young Billy Graham was preaching I believe if you look at his story, he had gone a couple times, a couple nights, and he finally fell on his knees before Almighty God and gave himself back to him. You say, Matthew, why do you tell me this story about this war hero, an Olympic athlete who was a drunk, who got involved in the things of this world to drown his pain? Because if God can take a man like that and turn his life around, friend, I want you to know he can take your miserable life, your sin-filled life, the life you're living that you know if you died today, you'd go to hell. Friend, I want you to know that if God can take a man like that, he can take your life and turn it around. He can save you and he can forgive you and he can give you a new life. The Bible's very clear. We're all sinners and we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible's very clear in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. All of us are born condemned sinners, bound for hell if we do not get right with God. But that's simply, friend, is why God sent his one and only son in the world to save us. The Bible's very clear in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus lived a life we could not live. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He experienced temptation, but he never gave in. And friend, he lived the life none of us could live. And around the age of 33, he was denied by one of his own disciples. He was betrayed by one of his closest followers. He was denied by one of his closest followers, sorry. He's beaten, he's mocked, and he's spit on. And he carried that cross to Calvary for you and for me. And he died on that cross in our place for our sin, for your sin, for my sin, for every ungodly word, every ungodly thought, every sinful thing that you've done. Almighty God took that sin and he placed it on Jesus Christ and he paid the sin debt that none of us could pay. He lived the life none of us could live and he did one thing none of us could definitely not do and he rose again in victory. He conquered death, hell, and the grave and friend, God stands ready tonight to forgive you of your sin, to give you eternal life. But there's a choice that must be made. And friend, I don't see your heart. I don't know whether you're bound for heaven or bound for hell. But let me tell you something. If you're on your way to hell tonight, if you know you're not saved, if you know for sure that if you die today, you would go to hell. Friend, I want you to know there's a God in heaven who's ready to change that. Who's ready to write your name in the book of life and give you a home in heaven. But you've got to take a step in his direction. God stepped down from heaven. He died on the cross. He was buried and rose again. And friend, he did what none of us could do to save us. And now all we have to do is receive his payment for us. 
And friend, I can't make that choice. And that's something I've noticed from being, whether just going soul winning, the Lord blessed me to be in a University of Tennessee ministry down there in Tennessee. And just, you meet so many college students who don't care nothing about God, who don't care nothing uh, about heaven or hell, and just want to live the way they want to live. And friend, I've noticed that I cannot make you decide. A pastor can't, your mom can't, your dad can't. Nobody can make you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And friend, it's no good deed that we could do. The Bible is very clear in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There is no good deed, nothing you could do out of works, out of coming to the church eight days a week, even if there was an eight day, nothing you can do to get into heaven. There is only one way, and it's through Christ and Christ alone. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. And friend, you need to repent of your sin. You acknowledge you're a sinner. And you turn from your sin. And you turn to God. And you place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. And friend, he can take someone who's lost, who's dying and on their way to hell, and give them a home in heaven. heaven. Give them a life worth living. Give them a joy-filled life. A life where you no longer have to run to the things of this world for peace. Because friend, the things of this world will not satisfy. And I think we can all attest to that. Because we have to continue to run to them again and again and again for joy and for peace. And friend, God wants to come into your life tonight. He wants to come into your heart, but there's a choice that must be made. You say, Matthew, I'm too far gone. I'm too dirty. I'm too unclean. Well, friend, we clearly see in the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus met people. He can meet people so dirty and people that seem like to us not even worth pursuing. And he can meet those people where they're at and turn their life around completely. Not because those people deserve it, not because we deserve it. Oh, but in his grace and his love, friend, he can meet you tonight, wherever you're at. And I pray, friend, you make that choice. The Bible says in Acts 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Friend, come to Christ today. Stop playing games with God. And friend, if you've been putting on a display, Christian, for all too long, and you're holding on to the sins of your past that you've dealt with for so long, Stop hardening your heart. Stop pushing God away and just simply come and give your life back to him and lay your sin at the Savior's feet, friend. He will not meet you with condemnation. He will not meet you with the ready to smack you across the jaw and tell you to get back in line. He will meet you with forgiveness and he'll forgive you tonight if you'll just simply come to him and receive it. So friend, I pray tonight you make that decision and you get right with God if you have not. Friend, God offers us a life and it's not found in coming to church one day a week with a costume on, with a facade on. It's time to lay down your fakeness tonight, Christian, and get serious about living for the God who saved you, the God who gave you a life worth living. And friend, I pray if you've yet to do that, you, that you do it tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are and for what you're willing to do in our lives if we'll simply let you. God, I pray that you take this message and simply allow it to rest on the heart's of me and all these people in here tonight and all those watching by live stream. God, I cannot save. I cannot make someone come to you. And God, I, nobody could do the same for me. There's a choice that must be made, whether for salvation or maybe for a Christian who's strayed. God, who does not care about you, who does not want anything to do with you besides just to come to church on Sunday, God. Oh, God, I pray that they give their lives back to you. God, so many of us were once so fired up and energized for the things of God. But God, we've strayed. And I pray you get a hold of our hearts tonight and do what only you can do. And God, we won't take the glory because all of it goes to you. And God, we'll be sure to give it all to you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for your love and your mercy and grace. We thank you for this time we have. Bless the messages to come and use them in a mightier way. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm going to have Brother TJ come and give us a message.